0: Hello and welcome to the ProAdvice business podcast series. We have a slight change of theme today and we're going to hear from week one from the ProAdvice ProNet webinar series. This is a panel discussion held recently and facilitated by Lachlan Polkinghorn. He's discussing with some next-generation farmers regarding their decision to work to return to the family business. And even before the legal matters of succession are considered, we ask questions, how do the people fit in and what lured them back to the family business? Anyway, I'll pass over now to Lachlan to take it further.
1: How do we come up with a theme? Uh, for a long time, I've been fortunate to have an association with, with young people. Um, many of you know that it's primarily through Marcus Oldham, but not only. And we've certainly, um, that's certainly been a very rewarding association as, uh, as we've watched people come into agriculture and uh, with uh, with mostly with a, a very high degree of success. Uh, in addition, we've certainly seen in the last four or five years with better returns from agriculture, particularly as livestock prices have increased, uh, more people are prepared to uh, come back into agriculture. And it's not only been the, the increase in livestock, but I think uh, access to better technology in that area that's attracted a younger generation in the field. So the the theme today, we've got four speakers and four panelists, and all from very, quite different backgrounds, and, and that is no, that is not a coincidence. Um, and we've uh, ch- chosen very carefully, and uh, I thank e- each of you for in your involvement. But I'm going to let each person introduce themselves. So, um, as they, so, we've got Jamie. And I'm just looking to my right to, um, from a cheat notes. Uh, Jamie Taylor, Joe Williams, Thomas Botterill and, and Jeremy Lush. And uh, <clears throat> each of um, those who have, have volunteered with a little bit of pressure from me, but not much, uh, to help us out. Discount, so, Good discount on the fees too. So that's, that's I always tell your father, Jamie, we discount before we start. <laughs> and uh, throw in a bottle of red as well. In your case, anyway. So, um, um, uh, on that point, Jamie, would you like to just uh, give a short introduction to your situation,
2: please? Yep, sure. So, um, we have a a sheep and uh, cropping place, about half and half. Um, We've got four staff and uh, it's been in the family for 1900 and both sides of the family and farming have been out of Tasmania and here. Uh, we're on the edge of the Western District, I should say, at about uh, 45 minutes from Geelong and same similar distance from that we're at. Uh, I came home to the farm uh, about eight years ago. We grew up here, of course. Um, before that, I went to uni in Melbourne and spent a lot of time there in Melbourne and travelled overseas as well. But uh, uh, I worked, my career has been in marketing before this uh, and I worked in small consultancies, some agri-related and also uh, bigger business. I worked for, in energy for Origin five years or something like that and looked after their uh, portfolio of environmental customers. So yeah, marketing and advertising was my background there and yeah, within big business.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And um, next on my screen is Joe. So tell us your short story, Joe. Hi
3: everyone. Um, we farm between Meningi and Canalpin and we are a sh- on a sheep farm. Uh, I farm with my husband and we've got two kids. My mum and my brother and his wife and that's his second marriage. And my brother has two children from his first marriage. And his wife has two children from her first marriage. And so we're here and we have about 5,000 breeding ewes. And before I came back to the farm, I did Ag Science at Adelaide Uni at the Wake campus and did that for four years. Then did a a Canadian Ag Exchange for a year after that. And then Nigel and I moved to Port Lincoln, where I worked for the Ag Department. Ran the National Variety Trials on the Air Peninsula and then In 2010,
1: we moved back to the farm. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Joe. So, after we've done the introductions, I'm going to ask each of you to outline what prompted the move back to the farm. But um, we'll go to to Thomas, you're next on my screen. So, just your introduction, please, Thomas. Yeah.
0: evening, everyone. Um, So, my family and I, um, being my mother, my father and my brother, uh, we farm in far southwest Victoria, so we're probably seventy thirty uh, prime lamb and crop. Um, before coming home to the farm, um, did Ag Science in Melbourne, and then have subsequently worked in the pasture seed industry um, through various roles at the same company. Um, moved back to Hamilton um, in about late 2016, and still kept a role with my employer um, two days a week, so I work part-time on my family farm and part-time with
1: yeah, that's about me. Yeah, okay. So can you just name the company that you've been working for?
0: Yeah, Heritage Seeds, so formerly Heritage Seeds are now called Baronbroke Australia. Yeah,
1: okay. And Jeremy, you are you're the most you're the youngest and most recent addition to the uh, well, I suppose Thomas might be the same really in some respects, but certainly the youngest of us all.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well um yeah, I well, was straight out of uni, obviously, so I'm twenty three, fairly fresh. Um and straight into a mixed farm at Keith with um, my old man and mum. Um, And we've got a couple of sisters off farm as well, but um, yeah, so straight out of uni and finishing up a bit at Marcus this year as well. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll follow on with you. One of the themes I want to differentiate between succession here and actually moving into the, the, the family business. Now, I know they're quite closely linked Uh, but um, I know a bit bit about your story, Jeremy, because I've I've got my spies around. Um, So how long ago was it that that you started thinking about and talking about in your family about coming back to the farm?
4: I think like everyone, you sort of go through the stage, early teen, where you want to be everything and um, probably got to a stage there where that's, I just arrived at wanting to come back to the farm. Um, so yeah, every school holidays you work and and that and then probably it's been 24 months, two years since we made the call, um, just at an AGM that I'd come back and so it's yeah it's been sort of two years of planning and um, getting our ducks lined up so that it will happen uh, December sort of six months ago.
1: Yeah okay so that's thank you. Um, uh, the the AGM you you actually an- announced to your family that you'd like to come yeah. into the farm.
4: Yep yeah, no was sort of well, that was one of the. Topics, I suppose, just um, what my future would be and when I'd be looking at coming back. And yeah, so it's sort of that's where you put the flag in the ground and say, "Yep, yeah, that's the decision I've made, and um, let's work to make it happen."
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that, Joe. You, your perhaps your come back to the farm was a, a little bit more broken up, was it, or, or not?
3: Yeah. Well, um, I never sort of envis- envisaged that I would come back to the farm. Um, sort of grew up. Certainly, I guess there's always that unconscious bias there when you grow up that I'll go off to uni and, and have a farm job and my brother would, um, if he wanted to, would take over the farm. And we probably didn't put very much thought into it <laughs> as much as you probably should, but we, my father passed away in 2007. And we also had um, my grandmother pass away and my uh, mum's my dad as well. My papa passed away sort of in the span of about a year. Um, and then we had, most of you can remember, 06 and 07, really dry. So it was just really mm. tough times on the farm and, you know, the cloud of grief. And, you know, mum, you know, had three estates to deal with in a very short um, period of time. And I think I've been thinking about it. And I think at the time my main driver was um, I wanted to come home and help out. And I literally just turned to Nige one day and said, do you think about farming? And he went, yeah, let's give it a go. And I think when you're young, you don't necessarily think it might be forever or you've got options so you can just jump in and and you know give it a go whereas now when I look back it was probably more of a deep need to come home to the family in that period of grief I suppose Um, not just help out physically on the farm but be present emotionally as well I think now that I look back now that I'm old and wise I think I can see um, the other other reasons as
5: well.
1: Yeah okay so there's a couple of couple of themes in there, and I don't want to pursue this too much, but must mention it, is the stereotype that you would go off and do something else.
3: Yeah, and I actually spoke to mum about it because I never never felt that I couldn't, and I think it's because um, I was always involved. So it wasn't Mm. like I wasn't um, out in the paddock or in the yards or I was very much in the ute with dad or my granddad um, if Michael, my brother, was in the yards and I was in the yards helping landmark, I wasn't probably um, exposed to the mechanical side of, you know, machinery or, you know, fencing. And I mean, I still helped out with fencing, um, but I was always involved. So even though that probably that understanding that I wouldn't farm, I certainly was involved. So I had the confidence to come home and know what I was doing. You know, I could step in and have skills from uni and also from physical, helping out on the farm. I had the
1: sure. and, and the other point is that husband Nigel is, is, he has another career. I'm not sure if he still has one, but certainly at yeah. the time you are in Port Lincoln, had another career.
3: Yes. He was a cabinet, well, he is a cabinet maker by trade. And so we were, you know, living the dream in Port Lincoln. No kids, two incomes, you know, both had jobs. Um, And when we originally, which I don't know if you want to get into later, when we originally came home, we just had the family farm that we'd always had. Um, So the plan was to both Nige and I work off farm as well as on farm. So sort of part time. Nige was going to do cabinet making uh, alongside of working on the farm. And then a neighbouring farm came up. So we essentially bought ourselves jobs. We bought another farm. So Nige is full time on the farm. And I work um, as a plant, loose and plant breeder, part time as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. We'll come come back to how that how that transition took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas, you're probably um, very fresh uh, on the on the scene uh, in terms of coming into the farm and and actually working out where you fit and and what you do. So tell tell us about that.
0: Yeah. I suppose my transition was a. A relatively fluid one in the sense that, like Joe, I think there's always that Jeremy, you know, there's always that innate feeling that um, this is where I grew up, this is what I want to do long term, but I never really thought too much about it. Um, I was offered an opportunity at work to gradually make my way closer to home, um, and in that process, mum and dad and my brother David were really open with the concept of me coming home and um, I suppose slowly dipping the toes in the water. Um, one of the things that I'm really appreciating more as I get down the track is that uh, mum and dad are still with us farming every single day and we're able to, all the tricks and trades, you know, what they've amassed over their career. So that was important for me, I suppose, to, um, yeah, get back, have a go, be with them um, initially while they're still actively involved. Mm. So, um,
1: yeah. And, and you have an employer that's still trying to wrap their tentacles around you as well.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one, that trying to balance time, but um, they've been pretty open with the concept as well. Yeah, through my job that I've been doing it long enough now that I'm really comfortable with that role. So, um, you know, I can do it and I've always got my phone on me as everyone does these days. So um, they've been really open with it too, um, as have, you know, mum and dad and my brother. Yeah,
1: okay. So Jamie, it's a few years ago now, but I do recall visiting you when you were living near Sydney Road in Brunswick and <laughs> um, and, and, and like, and, and, well, I can understand someone living the dream in Port Lincoln, but others would have a view that, um, that living in Brunswick would be living the dream too. So what prompted the, the change for you?
2: Yeah, I think uh, like uh, it's already been said for us, there was always a, a plan. I think even when I met my wife, uh, very early days I, th- I threatened that we'd be living on the farm at some point or that wasn't part of my, my plan and uh what happened was uh we had kids and then um uh, uh my wife had a business that looked pretty promising and has you know gone along reasonably well uh and we wanted to have a, a crack at that as well so we uh Basically, some mass sold us at probably renting out our place in in Melbourne was a good idea, and uh, living in a little cottage at home was uh, was kind of a step. So it kind of it happened really slowly over time. We ended up moving back here, and uh, I was doing a few days a week on both businesses, and and then gradually moved over to the farm. and And that move, and it wasn't planned. There wasn't a lot of strategy behind it. It was more we were looking for somewhere to live cheap, so we could have a crack at that other business. and uh, and then it, it sort of organically moved into eventually where um yeah we've, we've ended up running the farm and um uh it, it did prompt our succession though the move home which i think that mm. was probably, but uh, yeah probably for us the biggest thing my wife was from melbourne and, and you know for her it was a really big shift as well coming back here it's uh, very different to the lifestyle we were leading um i think i got to admit the other day that we are definitely better off than the people in melbourne though now oh, yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> it's um... taken a while
2: that we got there and a, and a crisis
1: yeah, yeah, well you you've, so you so you had children on the ground before you come came home, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. The second one had just arrived when, when we came home. Yeah. Okay,
1: Jane, you, you have a query for Jeremy?
5: Yeah, I've got I've got two questions actually Locke. So first one is for Jeremy. Um we have someone who's interested to know via Jeremy from what age did he start being involved with the family AGM? Um, and then the second question, which is for everyone, um, uh, did their parents actively encourage them to explore career opportunities outside of the farm when starting out?
4: Um, i as far as the AGM goes, I think it's probably been four years. The first one I really just sat in and, and listened and sort of each year you start to have a bit of say and, um, really right up till the one we've just had recently where you have the similar amount of say as mum and dad. Um, so yeah, four years is probably the answer to that question. Um, and mum and dad, um, they were sort of happy for me to go and do whatever they were supportive by the way, uh, but more than happy to have us back on the farm.
1: So Jeremy, just mentioned what's happened in your family business this year though, in terms of the your primary activity.
4: Uh, in terms of expansion or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we've yeah, purchased a bit more land and that was sort of part of the, uh, part of the plan, I suppose, to fit me back in. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's a good segue because the the, the next um, theme I just wanted to follow was was the role of parents or parent uh, in in helping with the transition. Jamie, I reckon your best place to fire off on this.
2: Yeah, we were sitting in family meetings for the farm. I think when I was 20. Um, so by the time I got here, I was very familiar with the the runnings of the business. Um, I think. Uh, we i'm probably a little different to some of the other panelists in terms of um, I spent a fair bit of time inside in turn because we've got a couple of other businesses as well and uh, uh, but I was very familiar with how the farm operated in terms of mum and dad's involvement um, yeah we a lot of uh decisions were made as a team for a long time um, in terms of uh, our input taken in i did I did find that they the difference between making decisions when you 're not on the farm and seeing things day to day, particularly the operational stuff, uh, it can be very hard to make things as a director, as the director of other businesses, it's a lot easier with a lot of other more sort of businesses where if if that makes sense, it's uh, something that I I really noted when I came home was so much easier to provide valuable input to the farm when you were on the farm, uh, just Mm -hmm. to understand what's going on like that.
1: Well, what about the
2: role of your folks? In terms of, yeah, they, well, They were at that time there was um they had a farm manager who reported to them and I gradually moved into that. Um and a structure to that. They they were very um, by that and things, and generally the, the person running the farm was getting on with it and doing doing a great job with that. So uh, in terms of getting me involved, uh, it 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 really just happened where I was sitting in the office next door and I just get called in more and more and more until eventually I was taking the calls. It's it, there was yeah uh, as you know there wasn't a lot of plan to it, and then eventually the formal structure followed that um, and managing it. So. Yeah, I think they they were really great at stepping back and letting me, you know, asking my advice and then letting me take on those decisions. Um, and then they probably, the other, you know, the tricky things of all of it, everyone laugh about, but things like gardens and uh, houses and things are probably more complicated than the business end sometimes. In in our case, anyway, we've got a pretty big garden here. Which, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I was oh, sort of not going, going to go to, go to that sensitive area of the garden, Jamie, but um, we'll just leave that <laughs> for the moment just in case your folks are online. Joe, you, you've given us a, a sort of lead-in to the, the, the family theme and, and what, what drew drew you in. Um, and I also know that, well, you mentioned it yourself, there's been considerable change in the business over time. So um, how much of that was really planned and how much was just reacting to the circumstance of the time and 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 what leadership did you require to get through that
3: yeah definitely um when I look back it was more planned than I think what it what it felt like at the time if that makes sense so we were very lucky that um because there was granddad dad and my brother all working together for a while then granddad passed away so dad and Michael were working together and mum and dad had the incredible foresight to um, get, uh, well, you were principal focus back then because as we're going back to sort of 2000, and I guess 2006, um, we got uh, Chris Shired involved um, as a chairman of our board. And so back then it was mum, dad and Michael and they were working out his you know, transgression um, into the farm. And so then dad got sick and passed away. So then when we came and said, you know, hey, let's, we want to go farming. um, I vividly remember it was over the phone, um, had a phone meeting and Chris said, right, so how's this going to look? So almost from the very beginning, it was, um, you know, if that's a decision, then how's it going to look? What are we going to do to, what are we going to put in place to make it happen? So yeah, it was very much, um, yeah, sort of set out from the beginning, how it would look. And then it changed quite quickly because we bought another farm because that wasn't the original uh, plan. And then when we bought the new farm, then it was straight into, I guess, roles and responsibilities at a very high level. They've fine-tuned in recent years. Um, but, yeah, so there was a fair bit of structure around it because we already had that board structure set up.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so so far we've got, I mean, two, two of the panellists have mentioned that structure of some in some form as being critical to the, uh, either the ongoing plan or, or the lead-in. So just before we get to that, Thomas, you uh, <clears throat> let's have your view, and, and then we'll move on to that next next little yeah. thing. So the role of your folks, and and uh, I, I I do have a little bit of knowledge here, but but and I'll, I'll prompt you if required.
0: Yeah. So I mean, if I go back a step, Mum and Dad have always been really open with the concept of us, as I say, doing other things, encouraging us to you know take our own lives and do what we want with them. Um, when I made the decision to come home, they were really open with that. And I think that may have come back, perhaps from the generation prior, mm. maybe not having as much ability to, you know, do yep. what they want in their early life. Um, mum and Dad still, um, and we're still in the, you know, the early throes of what we're. doing, Are still definitely the drivers of the business. You know, we are a smaller family business, so um, there's no board structures or anything like that at the moment. But we're at that process now where, yeah, they are still. In control um, with my brother on the side as well, so we're, um, as I say, fluidly working through that next step, I suppose. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's just let's just again move move the, the the theme to to role and responsibility and and uh, and the structure that Joe talked about is.
5: Oops, looks like lock's frozen. Um, just while he comes back on air, I've got a question here for you. Putting
1: in front of families, a,
5: a template of
1: role and responsibility. But uh, I've got to say that um, perhaps uh, we're probably not as good as we should be, but, but let, let's just um, explore what, what has happened um, uh, along the way um, in that regard. Perhaps, Joe, you could just lead on from where you were.
3: Yeah, so um, when we came back, um, we sort of arrived in, February, then a week later, we had an AGM. So we were sat around the table and, um, yeah, just roles and responsibilities were very much discussed at that first meeting. And it's funny, we look back now, like Nigel said, you know, just walked around, didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) You know, had no Mm -hmm. clue. And, you know, of course, now you can see everything that needs to be done after you've, you know, been doing Mm -hmm. it. Um, And so at the beginning, it was very much structured, you know, sort of Michael... um, you know, was sort of almost in charge of everything. And then we were under him. Um, I've always uh, sort of been doing budgeting. Mum does the finance. And over time, as Nige's skill set has developed, um, Michael and Nige now are um, both sort of directors of their own little sphere. So Michael's in Sheep Wool and Nige's in Sheep Meat. And then we, you know, have marketing and HR and all those things off the side as well. Um, but yeah, it very much developed over time that we needed that leadership from my brother at the, in the at the front to for us to sort of work out where our where our interests would be and where our passion, I suppose, in the business and where our skill sets lie. And then um, over the last ten years, we've developed into those roles. And it's always um, you know you think whether it be succession or roles and responsibilities or whatever it is, you think right, we've done the plan but we've only just at the last board meeting revised it again. Um, so it's sort of, your, we're always looking at it and making sure that everyone's happy with the fit of where the roles lie.
1: So do you have, in your business, do you have an appointed CEO as, as um, we do with some families?
3: Yeah, so we, that has switched and changed a bit. Michael was certainly at the, for the first few years. And then um, I'm a bit bossier, so I took over for a while, but now the structure is very much, um, we just have the roles up the top, and we're we're all sitting on that level together. So um, accountability is with each manager of whichever role it is, rather than yeah. one overarching CEO. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Jeremy, I know that uh, uh, as a, a graduate of Marcus Oldham, you would have attended a seminar called the Real World um, um, last December with your folks. Yeah. So have you put any formal role and responsibility in place for the, the day-to-day operation of the business?
4: Uh, not not as yet. Well, fairly early in the process of sorting that all out. But, yeah, I guess oh, essentially Dad's still doing as Dad was before I was here, but I'm just a full-timer now, um, replacing a part-timer. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was um, a fair portion of the AGM this year was starting to work out how we delineate things and um, as much as for my sort of transition into the business and how I gradually take sort of positions and um, yeah I guess success through through into the business and that moves out in time so but we haven't got anything documented at the moment
1: yeah okay so it, it seems uh, I'm just um, it seems that and someone else has made the comment on, on the on the screen to me that that there's and some have not planned formally. And um, I, I suppose Thomas is pretty early in the process here. Uh, and yet w- there's been a, a high degree of success in terms of coming back into the farm. Jane, have you got a couple of questions that have come from participants there? I, th- I can see one, but um, perhaps you might like to sound them out, please.
5: Yes, I do, Locke. So um, we have a participant who's interested to know um, the expectations, how the expectations of siblings have been managed um, to prevent farms having to be split and perhaps become unsustainable. And also, I have a second question, which is on long the same theme, um, which is: uh, Well, do any of the panelists farm with siblings as well as their parents? And if so, how receptive were, were the other siblings to their return? So two questions on, on the same theme there.
1: Okay. I
0: can probably Good kick aim. that off if you oh, like. Thomas, yep, go ahead. Um, so yeah, um, I do farm with a sibling. So uh, my brother David's on the farm and also just Emma who is not. Um, so we are still in the infancy with trying to work together. Um, so I think that's a rolling process. As far as making sure that we're going down the same path, I suppose, we are a bit smaller than the other businesses from the sound of things tonight. So we will be working in each other's pockets, you know, day to day, I think going through our careers. So we haven't really done anything formal about that as yet, but yeah. I suppose a work in progress. Is-
1: and if I could comment, you might have a different skill set to your brother.
0: Definitely. So David's got an amazing array of skills with his hands and machinery and those sorts of things. So, and um, skills are great, whereas. My background in my previous roles has been more office-based, some um, agronomy, technical, those sorts of things. So even though we're a smaller business, um, you don't want to step on each other's toes as much as we can. So um, if we can focus on other elements or, you know, separate elements of the business, that's obviously a plan so that we don't micromanage each other and, you know, cross over and do the same thing. So,
1: yeah. And Joe, you, you've faced the challenge of not only working with your brother, but having to work with a new spouse of your brother.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, before tonight, I rang everyone and got the approval that I could speak honestly and openly because we always appreciate when other people in the past have...
1: Right. Fantastic.
3: Their so no sugar <laughs> It um, has certainly been hands down the hardest thing, um, managing people's expectations and, um, you know, different personality types within the business. Um, we... the the day-to-day running of the business I mean that's fine everyone's got the skill set to run a farm and we all work well running the farm together but certainly um, the people side and we've had some really really uh, tough patches to the point where I thought at a couple of stages we can't we weren't going to make last the distance and that things were going to get chopped and um, divided up and you know, have one really profitable business, like the person who asked the question, have a really good business that gets chopped up and then you have, you know, two mm-hmm. unstable. Uh, yeah. businesses. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's, sorry, <laughs> children. Um, uh, So we have really done the hard work on um, being able to have those tough uh, conversations. And for those of you that were at Tasmania a couple of years ago for ProNet, and um, saw that Neville Brady's uh, I mm. I really feel that that presentation almost saved our business because it came at the right time for us when we were all we'd all just dis- we all decided that yes we wanted to make it work and we just had to learn the skills on how to have those conversations and um, yeah so we VIP for those of you that were there the validate investigate and problem solve that's been our saving grace so we It gave us structure to have those conversations. So instead of saying to my sister-in-law, you know, oh, I've got something that I wasn't happy with and I want to talk to you about, like bringing that up is really difficult. So now we can just say to whoever it is in the business, I've got something that I want to vip with you. Can we make time this week? And give you the language almost around it to have that conversation. Mm. I don't think we've had a session where we haven't had a box of tissues yet. However, I'm right. looking forward to it now because it's quite exciting that you think. Oh, wonder what it, what I've done this time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It'll be interesting to sort it out. So yes, I very very difficult managing the people, and you just have yeah. to um, come get that understanding of each other. I think understanding each other is key.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your candid comments, Jamie. One brother.
2: Yep. Geordie? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so Geordie um, and when I moved home uh he wasn 't and uh, didn 't have any uh, particular interest I think in coming back here um, and so from there uh, there was a sort of a natural progression to working out and that uh, that we're well, working out what we 'd do next um, and so I kept and, and, and I had a pretty good insight into the business, which was really helpful and then he actually was the one that drove us to get succession sorted out and I think from his point of view um he was probably thinking, oh, gee, you know, the three of them are all operating it very closely, mum, dad, myself. You know, where am I? And uh, anyway, mentioned that. and And at the time, I remember thinking, gosh, that's the last thing we want to deal with now. But I'm really glad, glad in retrospect, that started about like, four years ago. But uh, we got through it and, yeah, it, it certainly it was really hard on our relationship at the time it was because we cause it, we stopped being brothers for a while and 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 then and, and and then it came back after and it's completely normal again which is great um so that uh now that we're not in business together um that's been really healthy for us but that was because we were we were sort of half and half too i think uh, if we were directly running it together too we could probably could have done a pretty good job but uh yeah so um, have we lost you lot no i'm still here Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, it, I think my biggest comment around it was, uh, managing the, and until we got the certainty, the uncertainty, um, once it became clear that we were going to stay here, uh, was a, um, was something that, that, uh, probably took its toll on us all for a while. And probably my, my parents as well, in terms of that, they were particularly conscious about trying to make it fair and in succession use the words rather than fair, rather than equal, um and uh, uh and, and they started off with the idea of not trying to carve up the farm which one of the the, the questions there has talked about because uh they also needed some an income uh and they were particularly concerned if everything was sold up uh that, that would leave them with with any with, yeah, in a tricky situation so yeah. uh, yeah. yeah.
1: so that so the resolution there is more along the the succession than the
2: the, the formal
1: organizational organizational piece yeah jane uh you've notified me, um, by the back door, that there's another query. I, I can't see that on the screen.
5: I shall read it out for you, Locke. Um, Thank you. <laughs> glad that you joined us. Um, Graham would like to know what are some skills that each of the panelists have brought in from their other, I guess that have been useful in working <laughs> in the farm?
1: <laughs> well, I can comment on that for three of them. I'm not sure about Joe. Joe is a loosened breeder. So, uh, there would be some very good agronomic skills. Would you like to add to that Joe?
3: Well, I wouldn't um, pretend to know more about lucerne than my brother. Um, but yeah, there is obviously that direct link with loosened breeding that we, um Lucen's predominantly sown on our farm. Um, I also possibly think maybe less around agronomic and um, you know, your day-to-day farm work, more so in just working off farm in another, you know, for someone else or in another company, um gives you gives you skill sets around time organization and leadership and management and those type of skills that i think um uh, has been valuable in our business both that myself nige and um, michael's wife beck have brought into the business as well fresh eyes you see things differently than you know we've been farming here since 1948 pretty much the same as we always have so i think fresh eyes certainly um, bring insight as well.
1: Thomas I imagine you would bring a very good net- network in the marketing area a good very good knowledge of the seed industry.
0: Yeah having um, dealt with a lot of people around me for a number of years there's that aspect obviously the pasture itself being involved with my company's trials throughout a number of years and seeing them grown actively in a, in a seed sense as well has allowed me to have a pretty good look at the pastures so um, I suppose there's that aspect, similar to Joe, um, working outside of the family farm.
1: Sure. And Jeremy, this question is probably the hardest for you to, to address in terms of what new skills you, you're bringing the business. Yeah. Uh, I reckon I can name one, and that would be a, a fair measure of energy and motivation that your parents would uh, feel much relief about enjoying.
4: Yeah, I was going to ask you if energy is a skill, but, um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably it. Um, Not to say that dad was tired, but um, it's probably something that the business needs in terms of just a push and take the next step and um, yeah, a bit of reassurance that you've got another another sort of generation, I suppose, of labour maybe, if that's the right term. But yeah, I guess similar to Thomas, maybe a little bit of a network. And we've seen a bit at Marcus too that we sort of, I, I don't wholeheartedly take all that on, but it's just suggestions along the way dropping, dropping little bits of what I've seen and who we've come across. So. But
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. And Jamie, uh, on your behalf, I think your people skills, you, you were probably in some fairly challenging environments with a, a couple of your corporate jobs and mm. yet you've probably learned, um, uh, uh, learnt and have brought out of those jobs, a, a great depth of ex- experience of dealing with a different range of people and yeah. you've been able to bring that into the farm that you're now running, the farming business?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, uh, and I was reflecting on this this morning, I think every job I did from uni, I've lived in Austria and fitted ski boots. I uh, did all sorts of different things, right through to corporate reporting. And um, you know, I managed a team, a fairly big team at one point. And I think everything, it's really interesting, contributes back at some point when you're running these businesses like we are, where you're dealing with everything day to day. All of that experience has helped at some point and uh, the service related stuff. So some of the work I do with one of our other businesses as part of the farm, we have to provide regular reporting. We have to help people get um, approvals for their managers. So writing, being able to have skills in terms of producing reports to get easy, to help people get their job done, that sort of stuff has worked really well for us. Um, And I think also on the farm itself, yeah, we had, we've been through, we've had a, a tricky staff member at one point and had to deal with that and, uh, uh, just having a bit of a few, uh, a bit of experience with um, being able to talk through things with people and working with, I was lucky enough to have a big HR department, so standing in that people management thing has been really helpful as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, we do, uh, we try trying to do six monthly uh, annual re- or reviews, if you like, for the staff and just talking through where people are going and helping people develop a career. And, and so I've I become I, one of the biggest things I think I learned in other companies, the structures and processes can be really helpful for saving time and also just making sure a job gets done. Um, and especially for me, that's because I'm not outside um, and, and uh, uh, just, just keeping track of things and having good no. staff is, is the most important.
1: Okay, well, let, let's um, let's just try and draw this together now. Uh, and I, I think we've given it a very good run. So what I'd like to summarize on, I ask you to summarize on is try and combine what your your e- original uh, early expectations were uh, and bring out of that your key learnings and, and, and think of uh, people who are just moving back into the family farm or are thinking of doing it and planning, planning to do it. Um, now, what what's your advice, given that that you your experience that you've been through? Okay, I'll ask Joe. I reckon you're very well qualified here.
3: Um, I think from our business's point of view, the, the the things that have been most beneficial to us would be structure. I I think um there's a there's possibly a fine line between people feeling like micro being micromanaged, but structure has been so important across all aspects, whether it be roles and responsibilities or just your quarterly meetings. Um, and so probably structure mixed with transparency. Everybody knows, you know, exactly what's going on and where the business is going. Um, so structure is definitely the key. And I think with, um, onto the, the people side with communication, I think it goes one step further than just having good communication. I really think that, um, we've made huge leaps with our relationships in the last couple of years. And that's because we've got to the understanding level. So we, um, finding out the why, why people react the way they do or why people make the choices the way they do um, has really uh, been really beneficial for us. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah, probably those two main things, structure and, and understanding each other. Taking
1: the time to have the hard conversation. Right. Okay. Jeremy, fresh off the block.
4: Yeah. Oh, I guess mine. Mine probably. You know, Joe's was a good segue for mine. I think. I guess understanding what each party needs. I guess, and like I sort of look at it like I'm fresh and want to change the world. Mum and dad, like they have sort of got maybe 10 years left farming, perhaps, and they've they've got a whole different set of needs to what I do. And it's like Joe said, understanding how they how or why they're operating the way they are to get um, a certain result and and that that's going to be completely different to how I want to operate but um, each party sort of needs to understand why the other is the way they are Um, and I guess my other comment would be from my perspective is coming straight back you sort of um, pick up from the other three panelists like there's a certain level of life experience you pick up from um, working a variety of careers and and whatnot along the way and so if you're if you're doing what I've done, you don't get that. You sort of, you need to know it's what you want to do because you, you can't turn around in five years' time and say, oh, I'm disappearing to Canada for, <laughs> or you know, you can't you can't do that. So you need to be relatively confident that that's what you're going to be doing.
1: So that's passion. You're looking for some, you know, yeah. passion in the heart to do it. That's it.
2: But I can just interrupt. When I was uh, at school, Jeremy, the, we we're just about told by everybody, you have to get a second job and have to have a second skill and you don't need to do that now because commodity prices and wool, everything else is a lot lot better than it was then. That was, um, it didn't matter how passionate you were, everyone, the advice was always you needed a second skill. This is, this is 20 years ago. Uh,
1: Thomas, you're, you, you'd, you'd be well-versed on the expectation at, at present given the, phase, the current phase that you're in, but what so far, what are your key learning? Uh, try and match them up if you could.
0: Yeah, it's a similar sort of thing with, you know, having too many cooks in the kitchen, perhaps. Um, I suppose just trying to draw a line and who is the decision maker. um, Start that process and set that. um, Trust and respect that decision once that's there of who's the boss for a start. I suppose the other learning at this stage for us, given we're still, you know, in in the start of all this, is that Rome wasn't built in a day. This does take time. Um, I'm not just going to go straight in and be the manager tomorrow. Um, similar to Jeremy, you know, my parents are still actively involved for a number of years. So that's been a big thing for us, I suppose, is just to learn this as a gradual process, um, and then being organized and communicating with each other, you know, just implementing simple Monday meetings to try and get a bit of a process going. And that's been a bit of a learning for us. Yeah.
1: And Jamie, you've probably, uh, as I've already mentioned, you're the one that's been, uh, well, probably alongside Joe for about the same time. Uh, if you look back, you know, you, you, it seems that you might have almost uh, fallen into sort of moving back to the farm because it was convenient for other reasons to do so. But um, so, so your expectations are probably a different set of expectations around your other businesses. But what what are your key learnings if you were advising your, your young next door
2: neighbor? Um- Yeah, absolutely. Although I think there was always a plan to move back. It was more about when, and I think the when came for those other reasons. But I I I was thinking about that. I think um, the first one was, as I said earlier, don't underestimate any experience you've had in all sorts of things. It's amazing. This is how, you know, all sorts can come back to to that. Um, And uh, the other one I thought was interesting was that, you know, us shifting here with the other siblings certainly triggered that whole succession process. So don't underestimate when the people are off farm, how that, how they're going to feel that they're not necessarily part of that circle, if you like, there's that closeness that they're not, that they, they're not necessarily part of. So that, that can have an impact too, good and bad, but it's just something to be aware of. Um, another one I found was that uh, given the time of these things and the family business, sometimes it can be really hard to remember why something was done at a particular time. And and so sometimes, and and I think I envy some of the other panellists in that probably the the gap between their parents working the farm and them isn't as big as perhaps we've had, where there's lost knowledge. Uh, And so I think uh, uh, we have short memories and often you can't remember why something was done and then the season changes. And we're all so positive all the time. Uh, but you might do something because it's, it protects you when it's dry or when it's wet. Raised beds, is an example, at the moment we've pulled them in, out, put them back in again for various and, and different. There's a whole bunch of other reasons behind it, but uh, it is just interesting how uh, I probably wasn't able to capture as much as my fam- the family knowledge from my parents because of the gap uh, of me coming home. So that's just something I probably wish uh, uh, we had a bit more of a record of. But apart from that, I, I think the comment was made yet. Just do it like it's, um, uh, you can move home. It's, if, if it doesn't work or if you need to get another job, they're all available. People, there's, there's lots, Agri in a great space and it's just, uh, there's so many options for people as the other panelists are too, you know, for other different careers to be able to combine both. Um, and that wasn't really a model uh, when I was younger anyway. And, and I think it's, yeah, it's so I just, you know, I think for them, just give it a crack. And The more you learn about your own operation, the better.
1: So the earlier you come home is really helpful as well. Yeah, okay, so we've, we've got a question about uh, remuneration and I'll, I'll just tie, I'll answer that myself as to uh, how remuneration, my, my general comment, it is a general comment is, is that uh, particularly given the, the returns in agriculture, the days of, uh, of a family member coming back and working uh, within agriculture for, for very low wages seem, seems to have disappeared. There's still a couple of cases around. Um, And in my experience, and I'm asked for advice on this, um, parents are generally uh, quite alert to the the need to be uh, realistic or or somewhere in the ballpark. Often though, people will be making a decision that they take a lower salary coming back to the farm, um, but then that um, at a later date, um, and sometimes at a not very later date, might well be taken into account uh, in, in a succession planning uh, uh, transition. So, um, you know, in that regard, I'd, I'd be happy to say that uh, remuneration varies uh, uh, quite materially, uh, farm to farm. Um, however, uh, that in in many cases, uh, I think some of the younger generated generation are remunerated very well. Um, okay. Well, Tom, I'm watching the, the clock, and and we're nearly on the air, and we certainly uh, didn't intend to go very long. Uh, I. I've got a note here saying that at, at a point we've had uh, 41 people online, which is a great, um, a, a great response, and uh, we weren't sure how it was going to go. Um, I think um, in addition to the panelists, I, I also like to thank any of their extended family that might be watching. And um, there might be some spouses that, um, uh, that could be partners if they're not minding the kids. and and also parents. And uh, I I thank them and and hope that they felt at ease while uh, their offspring have been talking about their family situation and uh, I acknowledge that. One of the, uh, we're we're advisors in the business and and one of our best rewards is to see people do well and and do well in family situations. And it's great to hear Jo say that she she picked up some skills that, uh, that they picked up some skills at ProNet a couple of years ago. Uh, I do remember that session, it certainly made a, an impression um, and um, and it certainly uh, gives us a, a, a sense of pride in, in knowing that we're uh, addressing a topic, which we have addressed a topic which has been useful and, and constructive. So uh, we've got, uh, If um, I hope your interest uh, continues over the next three weeks, uh, concluding with uh, the fourth seminar with uh, Justin Langer. He's got absolutely no connection to agriculture whatsoever, but um, his theme is resilience. And, and right now, there could not be a better theme to address uh, in, in society that, um, with all the changes that are going on. Uh, so with that, I, I will close. And uh, Jane, uh, just ask Jane, do you have any further comment that you wish to make? I'll put her on yes, the
5: spot. You, thanks, Locke. Um, just as you log out, you'll be asked to complete a short, survey. Um, like a lot of people, we're new to this uh, webinar game. So if you could please take the time and just give us some feedback on how you think it would went, that would be much appreciated. And yeah, thank you all very much for coming. And we look forward to having you participate in the next three sessions that we have lined up for you.
1: Okay. And, um, thank.
5: thank you to our panelists too, very much. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> okay.
1: Have a good evening. Good night.
5: Thank you all. Good night.
1: Good night. Oh, 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 oh,